Hello, I'm Thomas Carruthers. I'm Will Legator. Um, oh, oh, let me finish. <laughs> this is, well, we should let her finish because she's finishing her three picks. I am indeed. These are uh, we are in the middle of Rian's uh, three picks, and and and, and something I've just realised: you should have gone the whole hog with your three picks. Your three picks should have had mean? a theme because apart from Perks of Being a Wallflower, these are movies that have uh, burst musicals. That is very true. Maybe they should make a Perks musical. I can figure maybe. it out. Maybe. <laughs> a big maybe. My Aunt Helen, my favourite person. Oh. You know, it, it, I, I, I just don't see... I mean, there's obviously great musicals with dramatic scenes, but I just... be a very hard tone. I think the kineticism of the Aunt Helen stuff... Hmm. Like, what would you do? Would you ever be like the ghost in Billy Elliot? Would you ever be She'd like... Narrate. She'd narrate. I'm thinking... She'd narrate um, the entire film. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I'm thinking like a lyrical movement piece. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Very dream ballet, very, <laughs> very Oklahoma. <laughs> and uh, you know what my favourite thing is? People who were never there talking about how influential Oklahoma's dream ballet was uh, in, in like West, in musical documentaries. And then it cuts into one old person and they're like, I just didn't know what were happening. They just started dancing. I don't know. I don't know why it's a Yorkshire have you, woman. Uh, have you heard the um, the revival, the the really recent one? Don't get me started. <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's on acid. It's strange. And they all eat chili. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? <laughs> you know, I'm fine with Rudolf Neverstein's being museum pieces. I'm fine with that. Because they, they only work as museum pieces. Well, anyway, everybody loves it. It's just me. I'm a grumpy old git. Rian, why don't you tell us about your third pick? Uh, this is Spielberg's classic Catch Me If You Can, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and the incomparable Tom Hanks. The incomparable Christopher Walken. Welcome to Miami Mutual Bank. How may I help you? I'd like to cash this check here, and then and I'd like to take you out for a steak dinner. <laughs> Are you a real-life pilot? I sure am, little lady. The jump seat is open. It's been a while since I've done this. Which one's the jump seat again? Dr. Connors to the ER. Dr. Connors to the ER. This is irrefutable evidence that the defendant is lying. Special Agent Hanratty, FBI. Hello, Carl. You're gonna get caught. It's like Vegas. The house always wins. Some nuts flying around the country posing as a pilot. Call him the James Bond of the sky. Hello, pussy. This is by far the best date I have ever been on. He's a kid. That's why he doesn't have a record. 30 milligrams of codeine every four hours. Do you concur? I concur. Dr. Harris. Yes? Do you concur? Concur with what, sir? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm sorry to have to tell you, your son has fired you checks. I have a payroll check here I'd like to cash. I'm working part-time at the church now. Just tell me how much yours and I'll pay you back. $1.3 million. <laughs> um, Will, you're on a hiatus, but this film is so good and you like it so much that, you, that, you, that you've greeted us. So, Will, why don't you tell us about how much you like Catch Me If You Can? I love it. It's got, well, it's got two great leads. Um, and it's just a really good story. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's based on a, a real story as well, 
I like that because that just makes it more exciting. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a really, really good film. It, it is thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, and also it's... I'll be choosing eight young ladies to be a part of Pan Am's future stewardess program. South America, Australia, Singapore. These are so perfect, the bankers even know the difference. What do you want? To apologize. You didn't call to apologize, did you? You have no one else to call. I'm looking for your son. I would never give up my son. If you were a father, you'd know. Stop chasing me. I can't stop. It's my job. You see these people staring at you? They keep peeking over their shoulders, wondering where you're going tonight. Where you going, Frank? Don't tell me not to fly, I've simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Don't bring around a cloud of terrain on my parade. Sir, we're going to let him get away. Oh, Carl, you let him get away. Nobody had a better brain on my Merry Christmas! I'm getting close, huh? You will go to prison. You're gonna have to catch me. It's another one in the in the long line of uh, movies that Tom watched as a kid, where he was like, "Oh, why can't I be him?" I think it's Ferris. Yeah. I think it's Frank. Uh, I don't know. I say long list. Anyone with contempt for authority. <laughs> that is wears that, cool clothes. That is true. Literally. <laughs> Cuckoo's Martin Sheen. <laughs> I love Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. Saigon. <laughs> Shit. That's the first two words of Apocalypse Now, and it's glorious. And then he gets drunk in real life and smashes a mirror, cuts his hand, and he's just like, Ugh. and then he has a real life heart attack. Apocalypse Now, great film. Um, and he's great in this as well, as Roger Strong, which sounds like a fake porn name. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Roger Strong. So they just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> like, it's Roger. Viagra. It won't make you James Bond, but it will make you Roger Moore. <laughs> right, I'm going to open up with the Tom's Big Question. Oh. I'm going to read you. This is Spielberg's 2000s. Is this the best film of Spielberg's 2000s? Okay, here we go. Okay, now, here we go. Jaws deleted scenes. That was the first <laughs> thing that comes up on IMDb. AI, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal, War of the Worlds, Munich, Indiana Jones and the King of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> and then uh, I'm going I'm to go straight in and just say The Terminal because it is my favourite Spielberg. It's my favourite Tom Hanks. You do love it. He's a big terminal. fan of Tom Hanks in an airport, wasn't he? Back <laughs> yeah. in the two thousands. I do love the Terminal. I watched it recently, and it's a very heartfelt. However, I'm going to say this. This just clinches it for me. Yeah, for me, it's this or Munich. I think Munich's like, I guess the the film snobby choice. I remember there being a real Munich push at one point where they were like, yeah, no. And, it, and then he made Munich, and Munich's great. Yeah, Munich. Well, I mean, there's the very funny thing in... Um, oh, God. is it? It's one of the Apatows. I can't remember whether, whether it's Knocked Up. It's Knocked Up. 
and that's and uh, and they're all Jewish people, and they're talking about how Munich just <laughs> Eric Banner's just kicking ass and taking names, <laughs> and he's killing all these Jew haters. It's a great, it's a great comedic scene, and and Munich is a great film. Um, but for me, it's Catch Me If You Can. I think, I think, if you go on, Will, if you put your personal, some might say, bizarre love for the terminal aside, <laughs> is Catch Me If You Can the the best of those films? Oh yeah, if 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 you if you ignore the terminal. That's the second best. Yeah. Oh, wait, if you ignore the terminal, it's the second best. <laughs> yeah, Munich's the best. Munich's the best, yeah. Um, and then and then is twenty is is 2010s. Spielberg's we've not is this our first Spielberg film? Oh it can't be. <laughs> Surely not. No, it is. What? Because I remember penciling in Jaws for future for, for, for the people watching this in a year and a half. Jaws. And oh, could we do all the Jawses? Which one's the most? I love the Jawses. I love all the Jawses. Jaws <laughs> two, excellent. Not excellent, but very very good. I like the one in the Sea World. <laughs> Jaws three, three D. Jaws three D. Jaws three D. I made a defamatory joke about Jaws and it almost cost us this friendship. It was, I said, you know, I said, when would you show Jaws to a child? Because I think I'm going to, I don't know, maybe five. I think my little, <laughs> my little children. Straight from the womb. This is, this is Roy Scheider, critically acclaimed character <laughs> actor of the 70s. I think I'd take them after they've swam a few times so it doesn't taint the whole experience oh, yes. to get them in sense. before that makes sense <laughs> well this is the thing it doesn't matter whether you've taken in the in the ocean i used to be scared in swimming pools of jaws i was yeah <laughs> there was always a shark at light waves <laughs> <laughs> uh Rhea doesn't get that because she's a wish uh, like we have my... swimming pools <laughs> 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 we have troughs that sometimes fill with rainwater. <laughs> we have Barry Island. <laughs> oh yeah, Barry Island from my favourite show, Gavin and um, I don't like the <laughs> famously don't like half of the entire Welsh part of Gavin and Stacey. Um, let's dive straight into Catch Me If You Can. Uh, YouTube comments. <clears throat> See what the kids are saying. I swear if I could meet, if I would, I, oh God, I swear I would, try again. I swear I would like to meet this guy in person one day. This guy's a genius. Audrey. I'm sure he'd love to meet you too, user yeah. 41027. No, he's called Anonymous Being. <laughs> Even better. Forgeries were so easy until the 80s. This is true. I, I was thinking about this. You know, Thomas and Mr. Ripley, one of my genuine favourite films. And the amount of shit he gets away with in Thomas and Mr. Ripley, just because it's like the 50s, and, and, and the, the thought never crossed anybody's mind to fake a passport, seemingly. And it's like, yeah, he vaguely looks like Jude Law. It's like, okay. Thomas and Mr. Ripley, excellent film. Between Frank Abagnale, Jordan Belfort, and his real life of Leonardo DiCaprio, this kid needs a serious rest. And uh, L Lily says, the man created by gods. 
I mean, what a performance. When I watched this film, I was literally seven years old. I can't understand anything. Not figuratively seven years old. <laughs> literally seven literally. years old. I must have been about seven when I first watched it. I famously I watched films too young. Into yeah. the Game, the Michael Douglas movie, The Game. <laughs> Great film. I was into the game as a young kid as well. Um, best 10-minute stretch. Uh, Will, why don't you kick us off with your nominations Ooh. for best 10-minute stretch? Um, I really like the family dinner uh, oh. when he goes to see Mr. Sheen. And you've got that whole awkward confrontation about... Um, oh, what was his dog's name? I think that's... That's wonderful. Um, what oh, would you do in that? Oh, Berkeley! Oh, Dad! What would you do in that scenario? I think. Uh, well, you've always. I mean, the the. I mean, the classic. You know. You know. He'd never had a dog. You know. That's where you keep wanting it. To, <laughs> you keep wanting it to go. I've used that before. I literally have caught people lying about movies because I'll say, "Oh, what about when the when the dog dies?" And they go, "I know. It's so upsetting." You go. You're a liar. You've never seen this film. That is psychotic. <laughs> well, it is true. When I was in a, I, I have Frank Abagnale. I have sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> like later on Look North, when when I kill somebody, and they'll they'll use a clip from this. And a bit, but I have sociopathic tendencies. Like I would go to parties in America. I did it in, sometimes in England, and they'd say, "What's your name?" Ah, oh, well, what's your name? And I go, "Yeah, no, I, I'm Roger." Like I just make up a name. <laughs> <laughs> just like people I knew I'd never meet again. And this is like ground zero for me. I'm a, I may be psychotic. Sorry, uh, I'm just taking notes for when I go on my American exchange. Yeah, Roger. Just, Roger. And, and I, I just make up names. And then my real sociopath thing was then when was pretending to be American and then them going, and then going, oh, no, I have a really good British accent. And they go, oh, do it then, do it. And it's like, yeah, hi, my name's Thomas Carruthers. They're like, oh, my God, that's really good. Where <laughs> did you learn that? I Maybe. It, it's, it got annoying when me and Tom went to Berlin. Um, and I think we, we were asking, we wanted to know where the nearest train station was. And so we're in this, this shopping centre. And Tom was like, oh, let's just go ask the police. That's what they're for. They give directions. They help out. And so he goes up to him and he's like, hola. Oh, so he's speaking Spanish to a German police officer. So then we get directions in Spanish back. Right? There's no help at all. Why would you do that? I think it was, I think it was supposed to be hello, like the German. <laughs> Just like the Germans. <laughs> like the Germans do. Um, that was another time where we nearly got... Fraudulent, fraud. We got frauded. We got we, pulled we, up yeah. the train, and the, <laughs> the guy came round checking his tickets, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are bad tickets. What have you done? These are. You need to then check the tickets, and then they were like, oh no, it's going to be hundred, hundred Berlin money fine, euros. <laughs> <laughs> Berlin money. And um, yeah, we nearly got fleeced, and uh, yeah. Will was. Very willing to pay 200 euros, and I said, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to the uh, place, and Lucy, uh, who we were also with, uh, <laughs> said, Yeah, no, that's one of the most common scams in Berlin. I've just looked it up on my phone. 
Um, She's going to look it up while we were there. <laughs> um, I think you are doing one of the most common scams here in Berlin. <laughs> and then we ran away and we went, catch me. Um, if you can. If you can. He's so close to saying, catch me if you can in that final oh, scene. God, yeah. The amount of times he says, catch me, it's like, catch me, catch me. <laughs> he's so close. <laughs> um, I'll throw some nominations out for 10 minutes, stretch. Our initial sort of I'm breaking the rules already. Our initial sort of 20 minutes with uh, Walken, with with his father, um, and then obviously after that point, we only get him in those sparse meetings over the years, um, really just sets the scene. Uh, and you see how great these all these little tricks are going to be in the hands of somebody as dashingly handsome as Leo. Not that Chris Walken isn't handsome, but he doesn't look like a 20-year-old Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> the, the little yeah. necklace. Why is he buying all these necklaces? It's true. Who knows? Also, that brings me to a good point. This film would have been a lot different if Frank was just a bit ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the, I looked at some pictures and he's, he looks a bit like Carl Bernstein. Mm. Who, so basically it looks like Dustin Hoffman in uh, All the President's Men. Uh, so not, he's not, not like drop dead dude. ugly. Yeah, he's not yeah. like drop dead ugly. Um, but no, because mean, charm as well. You need charm. I suppose, but like they really, they really harp on about how he charmed his way. But you, you need, you need a little bit of visual stuff. Oh think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just think of Anne Bank. I think Mel Brooks and Anne Bancroft's love through the years has really put me in a bad position when it comes to making relationships of my own because I think of little Mel Brooks and he's like hey Anne hey Anne uh, I'm gonna marry you and then they do get married not that I've not that I've yelled at a woman across a thing uh, I'm gonna marry you maybe that's um, your problem <laughs> can't try everything <laughs> yeah maybe that that's what I'll do I'll say hey you want to marry me you look like Anne Bancroft who's she Oh, well. <laughs> uh, 10 minute stretch. Uh, the pilot. Becoming a pilot. Um, having sex with... Um, God damn it, what's her name? Ellen what? Pompeo. Ellen Pompeo from Grey's Anatomy, yes. Are you a, oh, are you a Grey's Anatomy fan, right? I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now my mother and sister love Grey's Anatomy. I, yeah. I, so I've seen bits, fits and starts. Uh, is this her first first role? I'll double check. She's in old school. She's Very like the good. she's like the underwritten love interest in uh, old school. Not that it really needs to be overwritten, uh, but uh, no, she's in lots of TV. She's in a Lauren. Is that Lauren Order UK? No, it's Lauren Order US. Obviously, um, <laughs> uh, she gets yeah. No, she famously gets cut out of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I don't know where, but she gets cut out. So, poor Ellen Pompeo. I think she's doing fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hasn't hurt her career too much. This is true. Uh Maybe. A couple years ago, I was on the cover of Seventeen. Yeah. You're that model, right? Cheryl. The guys used to put your picture on their lockers. 
Isn't that your silver car I saw parked out front? Yeah. One of them. Said, think I could get an autograph? Do you have a pen in your room? a deck of cards at the hotel gift shop. You want to see a card trick? How much do these cards cost? Um, 55 cents, I think. And if they sold me downstairs at the hotel gift shop, how much would you pay? How, how much how much would I pay for what? Um first meeting first meeting Hanks and pulling just an incredible incredible calm. And that was why I love that he's not fully well I know he is fully into it, but he's not fully um like when he anxiously drinks the water and he's like <laughs> please don't catch me in this. Um Irene, I, I, before I keep going, are there any ones that are coming to mind to you straight away? Uh, the hotel scene was was my big one. Um, I liked when he studies to be a doctor and he's watching all the medical dramas um, and the brilliant yeah. moment of, do you concur? <laughs> and, then, and then I love that the guy goes, I blew it. I should have concurred. I should have concurred. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the end, um, not the end, but finding Frank in France, where he's like, catch me. And the, just the point where he gets to the door and he says, they're gonna kill you. And he turns back and he's like, is that the truth? Mm. <gasps> I'll get to that and change, I guess. Let's stay positive for the moment. <laughs> Let's talk about wonderful Amy Adams. Yes. Hey. Amy, what a woman. <laughs> Should have won two Oscars by now at least. Oh God, yeah. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous is her first role, and she's great in that. Um, she's, she's, she's got that very young face uh, in these sort of early movies. Uh, yeah, no, she's in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, then, two years later, she's in this. She plays um, young Sarah Michelle Gellar in Cruel Intentions 2, which is a, which is a terrible sequel. Uh, but <laughs> not that Cruel Intentions is a masterpiece, but it's uh, definitely enjoyable. But this is her big sort of, oh, wait, no, she's, she can do this. Um, and she's hilarious. She breaks your heart. Um, she's wonderful. That entire, I think that's probably my favourite stretch, um, is is falling in love with Brenda. And um, he is in love with her, isn't he? He is fully in love with her. There's no... You've got wandering eyes, Rian. Are you question? Do you th not think he's in See, love with her? I mean, I've I've thought about this a lot. I think he, 
I think he like entertains the idea of having a real life with her mm. for a moment, and then he's like, "No, I can't do it." But I think because when you the moment when he proposes, you're thinking, "Is he just doing this for her, or is he actually?" Mm. Like, is this just another piece of the puzzle, like another? role to assume kind of thing i think he's doing it for her because he at that point well no she does say he's a lawyer and that's the point where he engages mm. Mm. what do you think well what are you thinking uh, i was just gonna say this this brings me on to another one of my favorite uh, 10 minute stretches which is that the whole engagement party crash oh, yeah, yeah yeah um he's so close out the window and then the whole meet me here, she's waiting, we've got him, no, and then we've got the whole, he goes around to the schools, he recruits all of the, and then he, oh, that, that's it, I like that. And come fly with me is incredible, yeah. Um, it is. It needs, I, I, I do love that Brenda moment of just, she just does no idea, and and all she wants to know is his real name. And then, and then the moment at the airport, as you say, of him watching and slowly clocking, and she doesn't get the the Ashley Judd moment in Heat or, or Michelle Monaghan in The Town where she gets to, you know, like Ashley Judd just goes, no. And she like gives a sign to Val Kilmer and it's like, no, 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 they're here. Amy, Amy and Brenda don't get to do that, I guess. Um, which I think is obviously, I mean, she doesn't know he's there. Maybe. And he already realises by that point. Um, but yeah, no, the come fly with me. And that's really the final joyous moment of the film is the come fly with me. Yeah. Which is, I guess I'll seed this now. For me, it really loses its way in its final 25 minutes. I know it's all needed and I know that that's the end and that has to be the end. But I just think, and I don't really think the movie needs to be longer but I think it's real, it's a real harsh jump. Yeah, I mean, the Brenda stuff was mm. one of the few things that they didn't take from real life. Um, she was an amalgamation, yeah. There's lots of yeah. amalgamating in this. Um, but, you know, he was never, he was never engaged um, or anything like that. Mm. So they kind of had to take a step back from the romanticism mm. and then, like, start reeling off the the factual events so I guess that kind of aids the jump part uh, then again Tom I think that in that last 25 minutes the confrontation where Tom Hanks follows him to the airport and they have that one last and he's like right this is I'm putting it on the plate for you there that is perfect and it mm. needs that um, and so I, I, I guess that sort of the 10 minutes 15 minutes before that that's just building you up for that so now we know that turning point, but that is very important. I think if anything, it needs five minutes of him alone and depressed in France. Hmm, I'm not so sure. Because we go straight from Come Fly With Me, which arguably is the biggest whoa moment. Yeah. And then it's, oh, he's, he's going mad. He's going, he's going wild. He's gone to Egypt, Europe. Maybe continue the conflict, maybe have an around the world montage. Have a happy around the world montage and then five minutes of, oh, I'm, oh, this is pretty shit now. I'm making money, but I've no one to spend it on. I don't care myself. 
I don't know. I think it's because Goodfellas, yeah. it's got that Goodfellas rise and fall structure, obviously. Um, but, and even Wolf of Wall Street. And Wolf of Wall, I, I just think those movies let it breathe a lot more. And they, you know, we get more of a descent. This really is yeah. slapdash. Um, where am I? I, think, I? Oh, go on. I think, like, there are moments throughout that kind of allude to his unhappiness. Oh, like yeah. the whole meeting with his dad where he's like, just tell me to stop, is, is a big one. Um, whereas towards the end, it's like we're following uh, Hanratty's perspective. Mm. So he's, he's like, <clears throat> he's waiting to bust this big glamorous operation once again. And then he just sees like this stressed out little boy. And mm. it's like, he, that, he's the only person that sees that side of him. Yes, this is true. I mean, I, I, it's got that. I, I love. I think that's Leo's worst scene, and I think it's really? Hank's best scene. I I can't agree with that. Really struck me this time. I was like, "Oh no, Leo! I think you've Leo's bad here." I I think he's playing the kid thing very well, but I just. Maybe it's the dialogue as well and the way that the scene's been set up to have him sort of be half blasé. I just think he's going, this is my Oscar moment. What about when he gets to his mother's house? That's fine. Yeah, that as well. I don't know how that child doesn't go, ah! Yeah. <laughs> She's so chill. Well, what do you what do you think of that sort of, of that final, uh, of that final, um, French press scene. I so I, I agree with you in the sense that that's it's a Tom Hanks scene um, because I I feel a lot more for Tom in that bit, um, uh, right with the Christmas carols in the background as well, and you especially when they go outside and all the the police come up and you can just see Tom is just so upset for him. He wants to help him really. Um, so I, yeah, I think. I was banging on the window, you know, don't worry, I'll get you extradited, don't worry, there's no problems. Yeah, I don't know, I, I can't explain it. Why do you think he's so good? Maybe that can illuminate it to me. Hey, Leo, or...? <laughs> oh, yeah, Leo, Leo, yeah. I think, uh, unequivocally, uh, Hanks is great in it. I think it's that's his best scene. That he's... I mean, you know, he's very enjoyable when he's doing his, hey, I'm, I'm from the Bronx, uh, you know, hey, I'm, I'm wacky. Uh, but that's, you know. Margin checks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Carl Hannity. Hannity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe take it a bit further. Uh, but, um, I, yeah, I can't, I can't pin, I just can't pin it. Because I, I think it's because he's so unflappable for the rest of the film. And I understand that that's the mm -hmm. point. But I think then when he's doing his, oh God, I'm so miserable in this desk job. That's great. I just think it feels sort of wacky and it feels like, oh, oh this is my big moment. Oh, you know, I mean, obviously that's bringing well, outside I, stuff to it. I <laughs> very, very, very nearly got the mute button, but I was out of time. <laughs> what, what, what happened? I sneezed. <laughs> so close, but so far. Um, <laughs> Have I have I missed anything for ten minute stretches? Uh, Will Ream? Um, let's have a look. I think they're the the standout ones for me at least. 
Yeah. Uh, Thomas Whittle's specific favourite part of the film. I love the game show initial setup, which is based on a real game, uh, real episode of the show uh, that Frank went on. Nobody guessed it was him. Um, I love uh, Hank's putting up his umbrella indoors just to show how dire that initial prison is. Uh, the the image that has always stuck with me, actually, from being a child, is of all the planes in the in the bath. That's just a great image, uh, and has yeah. always stuck with me. Um, <clears throat> Pom Miss Pompeo's uh, laugh. Uh, she's just she's just wonderful in this in this. Uh, that, her her little minute. She just is great. And I guess she's playing a bit of an airhead, um, sort of stewardess. But uh, I think she's just sensational. Which leads us into my next specific favorite part. Just a great gag. No, no. Yes, yes. Just a great <laughs> gag. Just a yeah. great gag. And they're both clearly enjoying themselves. That's his virginity, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's why it's the best like, date. It's the ever. best first date I've, I've ever been on. Potentially the only first date he's ever been on. This is true. You know, not to be too crude, would he stop? To acknowledge <laughs> how great it is? Or would he just go, I mean, or would he just wait for after to say? Because they're clearly six, um, Yeah, 16-year-old boy, probably not. But Leonardo DiCaprio... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Havik nailed it. Leo, no, Leo would go, uh, well, give it, you know, we can get one a day. Beautiful woman. Um, what's next? Knock, knock. Go fuck yourselves. Excellent. Uh, the Bond, uh, James Bond little moment. A bit, bit kitschy, bit corny, but uh, it works. And it shows that, once again, that he's a little boy. Um Another moment that I remember from a child, I love the reveal that he is at the the hotel and he is at the three room three one one three. Yeah. And it's that early thing of like, oh no, he, he thinks they're going to be wacky and they're going to have a nice little relationship and it'll, they'll be back and forth. No, <laughs> it's just going to go on for years and be miserable. I love Amy Adams um, trying to show that her braces are off. Um, yeah. Before the kiss, but like, <laughs> hello, <laughs> yeah, and then the kiss is then, then the kiss is excellent. I love <laughs> how much she, how much wacky stuff she does with the hair. I keep saying wacky today. Um, <laughs> it is wacky. Um, love the sing along on the sofa. Hey, double L Y. I love Martin Sheen and his wife. To embraceable you. Obviously, you've got the lovely mirroring of that with um, Chris Walken doing some great dancing earlier. Uh, everybody forgets that Chris Walken is a professionally trained dancer. Um, no but I love that little sway at the sink. It's, that's what that's what love is. That's what marriage is. That's what we all aim for. Not everybody, I guess. Um, I love the comply with me piano <laughs> that they've hired the guy at the university to play comply <laughs> with me. <laughs> Very good. And then obviously that leads into Come Fly With Me. Excellent. Will, you're more general or your more specific favourite parts of the film? Uh, you, you've got them all, which is really annoying. You've never done that before. <laughs> I've never got every one. No, you, I've usually got one left that I'm allowed to talk about. <laughs> you've got them all. I usually go first on that one because... They're usually very specific. Uh, Rian, any really pernickety little little things? 
Um, you mentioned Ellen Pompeo's great laugh, but you failed to mention Elizabeth Banks's, Banks's great, great laugh. laugh. I, he just has a type of like beautiful women who have been instructed to act as geeky as possible. It's a good. It's a. You know what? It's a great type. It's a really good type. <laughs> yeah. I. You know, not to get. You know, there's a great roster of wonderfully <laughs> charming women who are all beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a trailer moment. They knew what they had there with Elizabeth Banks's laugh. I mean, good God, that's the yeah. opening of the official trailer. Is the I want to buy you a steak dinner. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also really like uh, the real Frank Abigail Jr.'s cameo at mm. the end. Um, he's one of the French police that puts him over the car. They should have got him to say a line and then reveal that he can't speak French. Like, <laughs> well, you are getting in the car. <laughs> It'll come off like your Spanish accent. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> Welcome to Berlin. Well, apparently he didn't want to be in it. So yeah. that was like the most they could get out of him. <laughs> yeah, yes. They wanted him to play been, Carl. Could have been really <laughs> corny. And he puts me against the kids. I've been here before, kids. You don't want to do the same. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I feel like like the Django scene, where it's like, how do you, what's your name? Frank Abagnale Jr. It's like, how do you spell that? And he goes, Abagnale, I know. And then, uh, <laughs> or, or he's in prison and it's like, you don't know what it's like to be in here. And he goes, yes, I do. And he walks away And he slowly. looks into the camera. <laughs> or he's in like the cell next door and he's like, tell me about it, kid. <laughs> Or it's like in the end of 127 hours, where he does, where he swims his length, and then he gets up out of the pool, and then there's the real guy there with his wife. Um, I remember that. Why do I remember that? <laughs> Why do, the amount of shit that I have in my head. Anyway, anything else, Rin? Um, uh, Frank watching his parents dance. I know you mentioned the parallel, mm. but I just really like that moment. Um, and yeah. when he's running down the street for what feels like years. Mm. Soundtrack Corner um, Here is the rundown Embraceable You uh, Girl from Epanema, uh, The Look of Love uh, James Bond Official theme <laughs> uh, He's So Fine Has anybody here seen Kelly? Uh, the Way You Look Tonight, Come Fly With Me And uh, that's it really uh, We split this into Best Use of a Song and Best song, full stop. Will? Um, I, I don't know what category to put um, Come Fly With Me in. Um, oh, but yeah. it's one of them. I think that's best use of a song. Yeah. Yeah. However, the sultry use of Look of Love. I mean, I mean, Look of Love can't help but make any scene it's in a godly sexual. So I guess... Are we on about the, the ABC... Uh, look of love. <laughs> yeah, that's the look. That's the look. Not look of love. <laughs> the bit at the end of that song where he just starts screaming is incredible. <laughs> yippee I, yippee I, hey, hey. <laughs> I, I love ABC. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Shoot that poison arrow. Uh, look yeah. out, everybody, for our uh, <laughs> ABC music video <laughs> special episode ranking. <laughs> Uh, Rian? Um, can I include Catch Me If You Can by John Williams in this? Diddly. Diddly. 
Diddly, 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 diddly. It's, I think it's one of John Williams' most underrated themes. It's brilliant. You know, they talk about Superman, you talk about Star Wars, you talk about, I mean, you're talking about a lot. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> hold a candle to uh, Philosopher's Stone. Oh, yeah, I forgot he did that as well. Have you literally almost every iconic theme is John? I'm saying this like it's a hot take. It's not, it's not at all. <laughs> I think maybe not the best orchestral piece, but you cannot deny the power of. It's two fucking keys. It's incredible. Um, we move on to Oscar. Travesty, this was nominated for two Oscars. Uh, do you know what they were? Costume? Incorrect. They were nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Varken and Best Score. Uh, wins neither. This is the big Chicago year. Um, it's one of the it's one of those Oscar splits, uh, best picture, best director, because Polanski, um, Polanski considered coming on American soil and getting arrested for when he did rape that woman. There's no he said she said because he said the same thing. Uh, Polanski, wonderful director, abysmal human being, uh, but um, he does win for the pianist, which is deserved, completely deserved. If we're you know we're going to divide art and artist, there's just no doubt. The I, is sensational. Was I was watching, was it The Wheel with Michael McIntyre? Don't get me day? fucking started Mr. on The Wheel. I hate oh, The Wheel. We love it. We, it's the now, Wheel! It's the now, Wheel! Our I household guess. Saturday night, we, we're obsessed. It's so bad, but it's so good. Every time um, I watch The Wheel, I think of Jack Nicholson strangling Nurse Ratchet at the end of Cuckoo's <laughs> Nest. Just what I want to do to Michael McIntyre. I think... <laughs> I think there was a, it was um, they revealed that I I never realised Adrian was the young is he still the youngest to win an Oscar? I he's definitely the youngest man. Yeah, and he's not that young when he won it. No, he's not. Well, the, what's the average? The average of men and women is like very different. It's like the average age of women winning Best Actress is like twenty. The average man is fifty. Um, they're very different. But, uh, you yeah, know, Chicago is wonderful. Uh, Spill, uh, Steve Martin has, does a host this year and he, does, he has a great joke uh, where he says, uh, everybody's, you know, very uh, against what Chicago, what uh, the producers of Chicago did. They made a really good movie that everybody enjoyed. And um, it's a great joke. And then it well, the really... movie is better than the show. Yeah, I'd argue that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, great. No, I love love Rene. I mean, Rene's over. Oh, yeah. Absolute star. People who badmouth Rene, no, no time for him. <laughs> if you get Bridget and Jerry Maguire and Chicago and Down With Love, you're in my books. Uh, I think she would have been good in this, actually. Hmm. Fits the, fits the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> She's too old. Not to, I mean, Not that's, this. this is a great Steve, that's one of the great Steve Martin jokes, is that he's, he's saying, you know, actors can be anything. They can be young, and it cuts to um, the kid from Jerry Maguire, I think. 
uh, middle-aged and it's Natalie Portman now, so she's like 14, or old, and Reese with it's Reese with a spoon in Sweet Home Alabama when she's obviously 30. It's <laughs> very good. Steve Martin's uh, 2002 Oscars, very, very good. Um, is Catch Me If You Can uh, a travesty here? Are we missing it in this field? Hmm. I, I'm surprised that Hanks did not get the Best Supporting Actor nomination. Over Walken. Um, it feels like, for me, it feels more like a supporting performance and it feels like Hanks and Leo, you've got the classic thing of like, flip a coin. Well, no, obviously Leo is the best actor, but Hanks, you could flip a coin and say, is it a dual lead or is he supporting? He, he's yeah, supporting. No, yeah. <laughs> he's um, and he, he could have easily replaced John C. Riley. I love I loved John C. Riley, but anyone who plays Amos it doesn't deserve anything. It's not going to be massively compelling, is it? Well, uh, yeah, no. The the character. This is a great supporting actor field. Chris Cooper's incredible in adaptation, and he wins. Paul Newman in Rose Perry Edition. I mean, adaptation. Meryl Streep's in that. She is. Will have you seen adaptation? No, it was a question on University Challenge last night. <laughs> Well, uh, who does she play? Susan Susan Orleans, uh, Susan Orlean, uh, the Orchard Thief. Uh, very good, very good film. Uh, this is just a very stacked year. Yeah, I could lose John C. Rowley's. Hey, there's all places in Panic Keg. <laughs> You'd notice him. You know who has a great moment in the in this year's Oscars? Uh, Will Ferrell and Jack Black sing a song. Yes, sing a song. A comedian at the Oscars. The saddest man in town. Uh, all about how comedians don't get recognised at the Oscars. And then John C. Riley stands up and he go and he sings about how you how you can be in both Chicago and and comedies. And when John C. Riley stands up, uh, Will Ferrell goes, "Oh, sorry." So so when Jack Black comes on, Will Ferrell goes, "Jack Black." And then when John C. Riley comes up, he goes, "Jack." John C. Riley because he gets it wrong, and then they all laugh, and John C. Riley misses his music cue because he's <laughs> laughing. It's excellent. I'll send the link after. Um, yeah, no, Walken's not winning. You know what I'd go for? Adapted screenplay. Yes, agreed. You know, as well as the epic dialogue, in regards to structure, I know. I, I know. I talked about my issues with the final stretch, but. In regards to structure and as going bit by bit through each of his scams and his schemes, we understand these rather grand schemes and we go so minutely through them that we believe it when he's doing outlandish stuff later in the film. Mm -hmm. uh, John Williams for score loses to Frida. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Any other nominations that uh, you think are glaring, any of you? Um, that four-year-old at the end, <laughs> best supporting actress. <laughs> the little tap on the window. Uh, that's okay. That's my mommy. Who's your mommy? She, so, she, so, what, so she doesn't hear... Um, uh, she, so I don't get it. She does hear who's your mother, but she doesn't hear... Oh, well, she doesn't speak at all, does she? So she points. Maybe she's yeah. mute. Maybe. 
How'd you feel if you uh, lost your uniform first week on the job? <laughs> Relax. Uh, Pan Am's got lots of uniforms. It's gonna be $164. Great, I'll, uh, I'll write you a check. Uh, sorry, uh, no checks, no cash. You'll have to fill in your employee ID number and then I'll bill Pan Am. I'll take it out in your next paycheck. Even better. Dear Dad, you always told me that an honest man has nothing to fear, so I'm trying my best not to be afraid. I'm sorry I ran away, but you don't have to worry. I'm gonna get it all back now, Daddy. I promise. I'm gonna get it all back. Are you a real life pilot? I sure am, little lady. What's your name? Celine. Celine, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you, too. Maybe she's French. No. <laughs> you know what I do like? The f I mean, it's a true story, so I'm just, you know, talking about a real man's death. But I love how specific and odd um, Christopher Walken's death is. Oh, it's... Uh, I mean, that's a great... Well, let's yeah. get to that now. Let's do Best Single Minute now, because I presume that's going to be up there for people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and then we'll do Will's Favourite Loving Will Sound. But uh, yeah, now best single minute. Um, the credits. Is this the first time we've had a credit sequence that's in best single minute? I say completely remembering when Vertigo was nominated for best single minute. So we move <laughs> on. Uh, but the credits are exceptional. Uh, this is obviously our introduction to the wonderful score. Um, just very well designed and perfectly set up the slightly comedic, dramatic, uh, whimsical tone that this film is going to take us on. Have you uh, seen the, the Simpsons version? <laughs> no. When's it, what's that for? Um, they, they just do uh, one of their opening, because they always change the opening credits. They just Yes, I know that they change the up. opening credits <laughs> of the Simpsons <laughs> <Yeah>. role. <laughs> also, um, one of my other favourite Spielbergs, Tintin, that's Excellent. very, very similar, mm. the opening. Well, I was I was hoping that Tintin was going to be in that 2000s, but it's not, it's 2011. I was like, that might mm. be an actual serious conversation. Yeah, I, but oh, now I love it's it. the terminal. Um, I have here credits. Being a substitute teacher. Yeah. Great. Um, and then that's... Then, yeah, being on the plane at the end, the bar, the two meetings with Chris Walken and the two phone calls on Christmas Eve. They're the sort of like posts throughout the film that really set us up, uh, both completely fictionally. He never ran the Christmas Eve because he didn't want to get caught and he uh, never uh, met with his dad after he left um, but because he didn't. Uh, that's, that's the end of that story. Uh, Will, any nominations for Best Single Minute? Will's frozen. Rian, any nominations for Best Single Minute? Um, I like the check forging, the first sequence with all the planes, as you said. Mm. Um, the hotel scene where he just doesn't open the wallet and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it, it's weird because you're rooting for Frank, obviously. Oh yeah, without a shot. Tom Hanks is so compelling. You, a little bit of you is rooting for him as well. Like you want him to... to 
catch him out just to see what might happen. I think this movie needs to be heat. This movie needs to be heat and it needs to be three hours and I need to care and I want Hanks to get DiCaprio just as much as I want DiCaprio to get away. Yeah. He is incredible because you want Pacino and De Niro to win. Mm-hmm. In here, I, I couldn't give a shit about Hanks. I, I, I'm just like, no, just get away, Frank. I am <laughs> very, very happy that Frank now gets millions and millions of dollars. I'm remarkably happy. At oh, that. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just but don't like, give a shit. <laughs> I mean, you are, you are made to sympathise with Hanks a little bit because you get all these scenes where you see how incompetent the rest of his team is, which you could yeah. say could be cut, but I think it it just aids his frustration. Mm. And like the, another nomination I had was the airport escape because yeah. his team just leads him down a completely wrong path and it, mm. he was so close. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Will, before you froze, I inquired about your nominations for Best Single Minute. Oh, was there a rather embarrassing pause? <laughs> he was like, oh. <laughs> For some reason, your sound kept going. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah um, credits, definitely. Um, that, yeah, yes, I think. Uh, oh, uh, nomination would be when, um, was it, is, it, is it Carl? Yeah, Carl Hanradi. Yeah, when Carl goes to see Christopher Walken and he, he says, mm. he explains what's going Went on. to Vietnam. <laughs> and you can... You can just see the pride that Chris has got. He's he's proud of his son. Don't, don't ask me. Get my boy. Give up my boy. It's we're we're nearly at an hour and we haven't done a Christopher Walken impression yet, which is good. A miracle. <laughs> the miracle on the Mississippi. Um, Will's favorite building or sets? You've got a lot of nice sixties stuff. Yes. Well, I think um, the. Uh, Amy's house is, is a very nice house and I would like to live there uh, but as, as a set piece I think that uh, your favourite scene Tom uh, with all of the printing uh, presses I think that, I think that's a good set piece yeah I thought you were going to say Ellen Pompeo's hotel suite I love swanky hotel suites I love I love hotels um, <laughs> full stop uh, which leads us into best line Rian, this is one of your picks. Why don't you kick us off? Sure. Um, obviously, first nomination is Two Little Mice fell into a bucket of cream. Two Little Mice, <laughs> bucket of cream. Such a brilliant line that they made that into a whole song in the musical. <laughs> yes, they uh, did. Oh, oh, uh, I haven't Just done the musical. Just turn butter into cream. <laughs> I haven't it's done the great, musical. Is it any good? It's, it's really it is good. good. It is really good. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had to, there was a, um, a student, a fellow student, she doesn't listen to it, she proudly comments how she doesn't listen to the show, and uh, she had, she sang, is it Fly Away, the song that Amy Adams sings? Fly, Fly Away. Yeah, yeah. so I had to listen to that a lot, and uh, I guess that was a fine song. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, well, if it ever comes to Leeds Grove Theatre, <laughs> <laughs> just tell me how much it owes and I'll pay you back. Uh, so far, it's about $1.3 million. It's an excellent trailer moment. Will? I was just about to say that. Oh, well, get, um, catch me on this next I'll, one. I'll do, I'll do the knock-knock. Knock-knock one. That's the <laughs> one. 
And I don't want to lie to you anymore. All right, I'm not a doctor. I never went to medical school. I'm not a lawyer or a Harvard graduate or a Lutheran. Brenda, I ran away from home a year and a half ago when I was 16. That's not the line. The best line is, you're not a Lutheran? And it's solely <laughs> down to Amy's yeah. wonderful performance. Um, and that's all I have. Rian? When the stewardess is like, would you like a drink after takeoff? And he says, milk? <laughs> because he's a child and that's when um, she knew she had to have him <laughs> i also like to the moon i would get that tattooed on my body is that really yes. the moon quote you'd have tattooed on your yeah. body would you not have your previous your previous episode with us i don't want to marry well i mean like the imagery it you can say it's for so many different... Would you have the image that Mary draws of, of the George cartoon lassoing the moon? Yes, absolutely. Well, I'd have Ben Kingsley and Hugo. <laughs> tattooed on your body? Yeah. <laughs> I'd have... <laughs> I'd have... Um, <laughs> what's a really funny niche reference I can make? Um... I'm going to make a niche reference from a random Blu-ray that I'm going to pick. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. Uh, <laughs> I would have, I'm going to have... I'm not going to change this one. This is going to be it. You know, people don't know that one. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be the one. It's going to be a random DVD. Right, this is, this is going to be it. I'm going to have tattooed on my body. Oh, God. And no smoking sign from the wonderful film. Thank you for smoking. Very underrated. Aaron Eckhart. Um, William H. Macy. God, how funny would that bit, bit have been if it was a better film? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had three tries as well. It didn't go well at all. Um, which moves us into, uh, what's the change? Rian, you may have picked this as, your, as one of your three. But do you have any changes? Um, I mean, I I would just like a proper end for Brenda, really. I want to see what how she goes to live her life. Even just like the illusion of or the illusion to her having something to do beyond that. Because I mean, she's just got out of or she just got back into her family situation that she was cast out of. And so I don't know what that means for her, whether she would like be outcast again or whether she'd just be consigned to being an old maid, which as we've learned from A Wonderful Life is the <laughs> worst thing that can happen to a woman. Where is she? <laughs> She's at the library. She's closing out the library. I don't think you can. I think it's very nice. And I, and I want more for Brenda too. Hashtag Brenda deserves better. But um, I just, Brenda. I just don't, I just don't think you can. I think yeah. there's not a single scene in this film that isn't with Tom Hanks and it isn't all with Leo. And I, and I think that's, that's what you need. It was, yeah, it was a necessary choice, um, but wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. If, if anything, I would, I would just want to know what happened to her. And that's what the song I had to listen to is, isn't it? Yes. So that yeah. is her final like farewell. Her big I don't think you ever see her again. Hmm. Which makes uh, sense, because he's fictional. This is true. Uh, well, do you have any, uh, do you have any, uh, do you have any uh, changes? Uh, the only thing I can think of is just a, a will thing. Okay. Um, when he's, he's frantically packing all the money away and jumping out the window. 
just a bit messy. It is messy. It's so messy. I'm like, but put it in the. (laughs) Why is is that money not in elastic bands? I know. I actually had the same thought about the French press where he's gathering up all the checks. He takes a big scoop and it's so messy. And then the next shot, they're in a really like thick wad. And I'm like, that. That was not how many he managed to pick up before. And then he drops them anyway. Um, yeah. Especially when he's so organised, when he manages to get away, oh, I've got to take this evidence downstairs. And he's like, maybe it's because he's not under pressure there. Uh, I've got a few, actually. Just a general one for the real world. Why aren't checks more of a bigger thing in the real world? I love a check. There was a whole SNL sketch about how great checks are. And I was like, yeah, checks are great. Just- well, maybe they were in the 60s. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, w- I think I want to live, without all of the murdering, I think I'd love to live the world of Tom Ripley in the times of Mr. Ripley. You know, he just, would be the murderer. Just <laughs> lounging, a, lounging about in Italy, in 50s Italy. Um, obviously, my attraction... Oh, go on. Tom being that awkward uh, middle-aged man only paying by cheque, like, just getting <laughs> on a bus. Uh, Can I get you a cheque? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I like checks. Um, I'm sure they're having incredible sex. It sounds like they are. But um, what about all that food? You've bought all that food and it's going to tumble to the floor. (laughs) Come on. Enjoy that food afterwards. That's just every sex scene where you have to have an image of something shaking and something falling. Yeah, but that's a lot of food. That's nearly like... Austin Powers naked gun level amount of amount of food <laughs> falling to the floor. Like, you know, that could be really fun. Like work you're clearly working up an appetite and then have a nice meal together. Lay naked. Anyway. Um Leo's a terrible vomiter. That was a really fake bad vomit mm. when he after the after the bike bicycle accident scene when he runs to the janitor's closet. That was a really bad vomit, Leo. You're really bad. Not as good as Will. Everybody watched. Oh, I thought you meant the um the plane scene. Yeah, I think I that's supposed to be scene. fake. Oh, but the the other one is supposed to be real. The janitor's closet. I just thought yeah. it was bad, Leo. And I've <laughs> and, and I've talked about yeah how it sort of loses its way in its final twenty five minutes. And but, um, Leo's but back bad in the to me, scene. Tom. Back to me. Thank, did did you think I am a good vomiter? I think you're really good. And I thought, what? How ingenious! The when you said that you needed to swallow some water to spit it in, I thought, of course. Uh, and. Clearly, Leo's just dry heaving and he's yeah. quite bad. He's quite bad at vomiting. What's left from Will's notes? That's it. That's it. What's left from Rian's notes? Um, yeah, I think that's it. It talks about how I shamefully do root for Tom Hanks a little bit in this. But ultimately, we're all just living vicariously through Frank's success, as he said. Oh, my perfect idea for a TV show, TV channel, is just the first half of Rise and Fall movies. I, I want this to just fade to black at the engagement party. Not him leaving. Just like, yeah, okay, and it fades to black. And then that's the end of... Oh, no, with an edit of the Come Fly With Me sequence in. Uh, and then that's the end of the movie. Just like, you know, just the first... Just the wedding from the Godfather. We just need the rise. Yeah, just just the... Yeah, like the first hour and a half of Wolf of Wall Street. Just Just that. Um, according that's terrible. <laughs> the well, first half is terrible in itself. There's no like, they're not oh, happy. Yeah. I remember when Wolf of Wall Street came out, and obviously, and people kept saying like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I just want to be a stockbroker." Yeah, yeah. I was like, 
you're not going to be a stockbroker. And everyone was like, oh, I love, I love Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, it looks so fun. I was like, and then people kept saying that it glamorised the stuff. And yet, of course, I want to have sex with Margot Robbie as well. But it doesn't really glamorise anything when he crashes a car with his, with his daughter and he's just snorted a mountain of cocaine. I guess for drug people, I guess it, it looks fun. But, he, you know, he slaps his wife and then crashes his car. There's no glamorisation. Anyway. Yeah. A few fun facts. According to real Frank Abagnale Jr., approximately 80% of the book is true. The screenwriters combined storylines from the book and... Wait, so 80% of the book's true? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> what? Well, the plane escape, for instance. Frank was like, oh, yeah, that, that definitely happened. And then okay. plane experts were like, that is physically impossible, <laughs> Frank. No, you didn't. <laughs> Um, so would, maybe he backtracked mm. <laughs> and went, oh, you'll never know. Uh, the newly filmed clip from To Tell the Truth uh, that opens the movie is based on a real episode. In that episode, not a single panellist correctly guessed that he was the real Frank Abagnale Jr. Wow. Okay, so some production stuff. Uh, Gore Verbinski was going to direct, pardon me, was going to direct it, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and The Lone Ranger. Very good, The Lone Ranger, very underrated. Um, and it's not basically Spielberg bought the book and he was like, Yeah, let's make this movie. Uh, he was going to produce it, however. Uh, our boy David Fincher uh, was very close to making it, Milos Foreman was very close to making it. Um, James Gandolfini was that was always Carl, um, oh. until it had to get delayed because of gangs of New York having to going over. And so, and then Gandolfini had to go back to work on The Sopranos. Um, and then Spielberg takes over, Hank comes in, and Leo. Because it was always Leo. They were always having Leo. Yeah, I don't think anyone else could have done, done this part justice. Mm. Well, it's been, I'm going to give you one other person that I think could have done it. In 1981, it was originally announced that this story would be filmed and that Frank would be played by Dustin Hoffman. I can see it. I think Matt Damon could do it. Oh, yeah. Via Talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> well, have you seen the Talented Mr. Ripley? I haven't. I haven't. <sighs> You'd love Talented Mr. Ripley. It's like cons and it's murder and it's like 50s Italy. It's great. Jude Law's in it. Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. Kate Blanchett's in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman's first line in the film is God. Don't you wish you could just fuck every woman in the world once? And if that's not a great opening line, I don't know what is. And he's getting out of a sports car in the middle of a 50s Italian uh, like um, area. I don't know. Will, that can be for Will's favourite building or set. He can tell me what an area is. Thank you for um, choosing my, the, the, my only category. It's not your only category, you get every cat. Uh, to get her to achieve the way he wanted her to sloppily kiss Leo, Spielberg asked Amy Adams to pretend she was starving to death and eating a cheeseburger. Incredible. Uh, the uh, st tense standoff at the warehouse uh, was a little less uh, tense in real life. Uh, Abignale was spotted on a wanted poster and somebody spotted him whilst he was shopping groceries. 
Uh, here's some uh, taglines. Let's see what which of these we like. Catch them this Christmas. No. Um, <laughs> the the true story of a real fake is the main tagline, and I think is great. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Frank didn't go to flight school. Frank didn't go to medical school. Frank didn't go to law school because Frank's still in high school. That's like that's <laughs> basically Back to the Future. He was late for everything until he. Was. Until he went back in time. And then um, we've got the German for some reason. Then we have the, um, then we have, this was the German tagline. We do have the English translation, but this is the German. Die Weire Story einen geneilen Passion. The true story of an ingenious deception. When people talk about Germans <laughs> taking the fun out of everything, they, I think they may be referring to the catch me you can. Yeah. The true story of an ingenious deception. <laughs> Tell me your name. Brenda, we can live anywhere we want, but you have to trust me, Brenda. Do you trust me? Do you, do you love me, Brenda? You love me. I love you. Excuse me, mother. Hi, this is Mr. Hanratty, my wife, Carol. Oh, Mr. Hanratty. Ratty. Have you seen Frank or Brenda? I, I think they went upstairs. Frank. In two days, you're gonna meet me at Miami International Airport, all right? You're gonna leave the house after your parents go to sleep. You're gonna take a taxi cab. You give the taxi driver this money right here and you tell him to drive all through the night. Brenda, you're gonna leave at 10 a.m. 10 a.m., all right? Tom's big question. Um, would you know? Would he pay for sex with Jennifer Garner? He seems to be doing all right. He seems to be getting some pretty beautiful yeah. women. That is the part I always forget, and I feel like that that could be my change. I think it needs to be Anne Bancroft. I think it needs to be an older Mrs. Robinson type woman, mm -hmm. who's clearly. You know, she's, you know, she's a pro in every sense of the word. She knows what she's doing. Um, and yes, I'm quite proud of that joke. And um, <laughs> uh, as, as we know in Basic Instinct, are you a pro? No, I'm an amateur. Incredible. Love Basic Instinct. Uh, love Michael Douglas. Love Sharon Stone. Got that magna cum laude pussy playing on your mind! Uh, basic Instinct. Great film. Have you ever fucked on cocaine, Nick? Uh, basic Instinct episode, I'm sure. <laughs> Eventually get around to it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just, it just it needs. I just don't see him paying for paying for sex. Well, he doesn't. She she ends up paying him. Yeah, but he doesn't. He robs this woman. <laughs> um, oh no, maybe she's paying for it. Alan Pompeo seems to be having a good time. <laughs> and uh, the tons of I've just put tons of Mr. Ripley. Just how easy was it to be a con artist in nineteen fifties and sixties? Yeah. Especially it's interesting though, because like, obviously, with every technological advancement, there's a new type of like cybercrime because people mm. always find the loopholes and things. So, I mean, on the whole, yeah, obviously, it's much easier to commit crime in the fifties, but there's still hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think? Because you hear about this all the time with like cybercrime, is that like they end up hiring hackers? 
Like, do you think they say, oh, let's do Catch Me If You Can. Like, let's get him in. <laughs> that's what I'd say if I was in the offices. Um, social network meets Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Sounds like a good... Well, we nearly had it. David Fincher was nearly going to direct this. What's yeah. that movie look like? It's a lot more depressing, I feel. Mm. It's a lot more meticulous. Um, Rian, this is the end of your three picks. You, you, you will be back. We've already recorded an episode for a year from now. Um, Have we? Yeah, the Fincher stuffs. Uh, speaking of Fincher, that's going to be that's um, next year. It's February oh, 2022. Yes. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> I like. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll be long estranged by then. <laughs> yes, but I do, like I do think. What if I die? <laughs> like this is my like this, and then people start eventually watching it because it's like, oh, it's still with it, but it's but the, it's instead of it's like a weird version of Black Mirror where instead of them programming me to say like I love you goodbye, it's like oh, I love basic instinct. I love telling them it's It's just film Tourette's. Somebody edits all the time I say different quotes <laughs> and they make it into Hello, my name is Thomas Carruthers. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my funeral. Have you ever fucked on cocaine, Nick? Oh, sorry, we... we, we saw. <laughs> well, um, they've got it now. They've got this they've footage. Got there we go, they've got it now. Uh, Rian, have you any final thoughts on uh, Cash Me If You Can? Um, it's just brilliant. Well, it's it's tight, it's concise it's it's got the the right amount of like hollywood magic without being so epic that it kind of loses you because most of it is true it's true this is true it's true story um, of a real fake the ingenious story of a real <laughs> deception hola welcome to berlin um well any final thoughts on uh, Catch Me If You Can? Our first Steven Spielberg movie. And yeah. another thing I've just realised, our first Tom Hanks movie. Really? Oh, no, no. No. No, it is. He's one of my favourites. Have we done what a one? Milestone it's because we've had to do all of Tom's niche films true. that no one's ever heard of That's for the not, first yeah. half of this. <laughs> That's not true. I, I even them out. <laughs> we did Chicken Run, goddammit. Uh, and I think the people want more Chicken Run. Well, who knows? I by this care. by this time, Chicken Run Two may have come out. I'm very yeah. excited. That's that's a film you can make in lockdown. This is true. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take him even longer because there's only one person like to move them. <laughs> it's like you hear about them filming a ninety-minute movie over three years. No, it's going to be like one guy. That'd be a good psychological thriller. Like <laughs> a man oh, forced oh. to make Chicken Run Two. <laughs> All on his own. Like, <laughs> can you play back the Mel Gibson joke, please, so I know how the mouth looks? He's not in it, is he? No, no, they've, uh, they've not let him. They're distancing that as far as they can. <laughs> hey, sugar tits. That was good. What's the last thing he did? Daddy's Home too. No, he directed Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, he did. He, seven years after... <laughs> rampant anti-semitic comments and um, verbally harassing a female cop who pulled him over by saying hey sugar tits he uh, got nominated for best director <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. well i guess we did uh, yeah i mean 
And Hacksaw Ridge wasn't even good. Not that it matters, but like it wasn't even worthy of Best Director. But Daddy's Home too was Daddy's excellent. Home should have been nominated for every yeah. best film. <laughs> do you remember when they just did all of Do They Know It's Christmas at the end of Daddy's yeah. Home too? It's great. It's great. <laughs> Daddy's Home too. Anyway, uh, that's it for our podcast on Daddy's Home too. Uh, thank you very much, Rain. Thank you. Uh, Will, thank you very much. Thank you. I don't know what to say.